0: On the move. Little down step was good. Couple of bounces.
1: Can take it himself. And launch long. Inspirational. Time ticking away. Stop it. The Hello and welcome to the Navy Blue Corner. I'm Ian, joined as always by my good mate Lockie, And it's a bit of a sombre mood. I I normally try to get up and about for the start of these podcasts, but I just can't do it this week. And look, it's been a few days now. We've both given each other a bit of time to process everything before jumping on recording. So Lockie, mate, I've got to ask, how are you doing? How are you going? And I guess, how have you dealt with everything post-Sunday?
0: Oh, it's good to be here, mate. We have given it a few days. Can't say my outlook on it all has changed a whole lot. I'm definitely not going to be my optimistic self on today's mm. episode. It's been, yeah, it's been hard to digest it, especially considering the position that we're in during the game. But, yeah, you know, I think, uh, yeah, it's too early to kind of make the, the big kind of season review calls, like successful season, all that stuff. We'll get to that at some stage. But right now, yeah, just just hurts that we're not going to be there in a couple of weeks.
1: hundred mm, percent. Like I know for myself, it was weird. It's one of the weirdest reactions I think I've had to a game of football where, and we'll obviously get into everything, but checking my phone, I knew how long there was left to go in the game. Mm-hmm. I knew it wasn't long enough, enough for us to score and win. So it was just me just waiting for that final siren to go. And then basically as soon as it went, stood up, looked at my girlfriend and said, let's get out of here because I don't (laughs) want to be here. Don't want to be around Collingwood supporters. Let's just get out and go. And pretty much for the whole walk back to the car, I didn't feel angry, sad, annoyed. It was just nothing. And it wasn't like this emptiness, depressed nothing. It was genuinely no emotion. It wasn't a happy, it wasn't a sad. It was, mm. it was this weird feeling where all I could say was, well, what can you do? And, you know, I just kept walking to the car. Mm. I, I thought like for some reason it just hadn't fazed me. And I'd somehow gotten away from all this emotion. <laughs> and then it was probably when I got home, it all just hit me. The whole feeling of everything that had just transpired, our season collapsing, no finals, it just, I just laid on the mm. floor, and then Monday was the same. Mm. Tuesday felt a little bit better, and I guess Wednesday. Here we are. I think times probably going to be one of the only things that, that heals this, and mm. it, it's it's strange. I thought last week was probably the most heartbreaking loss we've had since probably the what 2011 semi final against West Coast. Oh but gosh, I think I think this one's topped both somehow. I guess we we got to get talking to the the main parts of this. Look to be four goals up going into the last quarter. Lose by a point, miss finals against Collingwood. Like genuinely, <laughs> what can you say? I've tried to write like run sheets for no. law. I don't know what to say for the first time, and I know I speak a lot, and this podcast will still find a way to go for about seven hours, but I genuinely am still pretty lost for words. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to talk about. So hopefully, look, this episode here allows us both to vet and hopefully it adds us a bit of therapy to sort of heal the hurt that I know we're feeling and I know all the listeners are definitely feeling. Um, I'd have at least one question to jump off into yep. Lockie, which is two weeks in a row, we've now put <laughs> ourselves into winnable positions, almost unlosable positions, and managed to then lose. Subsequently, we've missed finals, I guess, What do you make of it? Because the big question that we may as well lead off with is: you know, can we learn from it, or is this going to—is it going to make us, or is it going to break us? This loss.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. You have to say that it will make us. Of course, we. You know, that's not who we are. We we can't take the that that glum approach. I think. I think the first thing that I kind of thought about when I was reflecting about it was. Yes, we lost these two close games against two teams that could potentially be in the grand final. And it's not always the thing that people want to hear. Like, you know, we should be competitive with everyone. Yes, yes, yes. But we were sitting here a month ago after that Adelaide game, just absolutely disgusted with what we saw. And we've seen that at least turn around in in some regard where we were seconds away two weeks in a row from wins. Mm. And then I think back to what you referred to a few times this season and what Port Adelaide did to us 12 months ago to the day to where we are now. But essentially playing the closest thing that we could to finals. Um, that atmosphere, I'm sure you would you would agree that that was the most finals-like non-finals mm. game that I've ever been at. So I take a positive there. But in terms of losing the the leads, I mean – that that was like the big theme when we started this show. We were, Carlton were just constantly losing these leads all the time. And then we seemed mm. to get away from that. And then there's these two. But, I mean, the fourth quarter doesn't feel real to me. It feels like a dream. Mm. Like, I, I, like people were like, oh, I think we've done enough. We've done enough
1: when we had that lead. And it's like, yeah. And then you just watch it go away. Mm. Oh, it was interesting. I know at, th- at three-quarter time, I turned to the guys that um, normally sit next to and... Both of us were still nervous. We were like, we're oh, so yeah. close. but I think both of us literally said, we still need one more. kick the first one it's done until we do that like and this yeah. is the annoying thing like it, it feels kind of inevitable with this group and I know that that's that's what we should we normally do as fans like we're the ones that shit ourselves because we're nervous and from history and everything that we've seen, we've seen us mm. bottle it before, we've seen us not get over the line. And where even this season, like we'd be nervous until the final siren's gone in a lot of games. But you hope the guys out there aren't because they shouldn't be. And then mm. for it to happen and play out again two weeks in a row, like yeah, if you if you want to find that little positive, it's that we had at least come out and and fought hard. But it's not good enough. At the end of the day, we need no. wins. We need to be playing finals. We need to put ourselves. We put ourselves in a position, and I guess yeah, as you alluded to, we'll get into the really big season chats in our season review. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just. I mean, this is the thing. I, I genuinely don't know, and what words to say ab- about this game because, like, what have we done to be able to like? There's kind of two ways you can you can look at it. You can mm-hmm. say okay, to be able to put ourselves into pretty much unlosable positions, two weeks in a row, one against the reigning premiers, another top team, finals contender, and then against uh, another top eight team that now, because we lost, is a top four team. Shows that there's something in this group. To have struggled in that first quarter, grinded out the second, have one of the best third quarters I've ever seen, pretty Mm -hmm. much almost put the game to bed, shows that there's something in this group, something incredible that we haven't seen in a long time. But then on the the flip side, to be in those unlosable positions, 11 points up, two minutes to go, lose that game, four goals up, three-quarter time, still up with a minute to go, lose that game. There Mm. is, you can look at the positives, but there's just glaring and more horrendous negatives with this group and what's going on. So I guess I've got to ask a follow-up to that, which is probably Mm -hmm. what everyone wants to know the answers to, not expecting you to have them. But, like, why are we unable to win these games? Um, And I guess deal with the high-pressure moments, Lockie.
0: Well, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, and my recall of this is going to be poor because, like we said, I've completely repressed (laughs) this game. But the thing that that struck me in the last, like, five or ten minutes was kind of, like, I, I don't really subscribe to the fact that, like, the whole group aren't clutch for want of a better word like that we're as a group we're not mature enough yet because i think some guys are but i felt like there was kind of inexplicable moments in that last Mm. five minutes where it's like you can pinpoint them and you know we don't want to attack just single people but it's Mm. like why did he do why did he make that decision and if he if he didn't make that i think we would have won and you Mm. i reckon you could find five to ten of those in the last five minutes where it's like, I think if that didn't happen, we would have won. Mm. And we can talk about the, them specifically if you remember them. But that's the part for me. It's like, it is insane how close we were winning to this. That we were, it's insane how close we were to winning it. And it's it's just these minor little tweaks that I feel until we're there. And I and mm. that's why I'm optimistic that it's it's just going to come with experience of being in those situations. And not being in those high pressure times. One one that comes to mind was was Dirds had had the ball outside yeah. fifty. Oh, it's the one that really really got me. He had these options short, and I was like, why, 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 why kick it there? And yeah. I don't know if there's something that he was thinking that I that I just can't think of, but it just seemed inexplicable. And he's mm. young as and we love him, and he's going to be great. But I I think we would have won if he didn't do that because we could have controlled the ball. You know, never know, but it just felt like
1: these little moments Mm. and i guess the hard thing that i'm wrestling with is and i know i'm normally super positive but i thought we'd learn from last week but the big Mm. thing was okay it's happened let's learn from it because you can fail and that's okay you just have to make sure next time you nail it Mm -hmm. and we didn't this week and it was almost worse because we're up by so much more and so the i guess the crumble of it felt so much worse but yeah, like that, and I, again, I'm not trying to single out Durden because there's so many different players. There was, well, we missed out on finals by like point four or six of a percent, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Like there's fine margins throughout the whole season. You could pinpoint oh, any course. single moment in any game and say, if we scored exactly. an extra goal in the, in the Hawthorne game, in the Port Adelaide game, whatever, mm-hmm. we don't concede an extra goal in one of our losses. You could literally go through every single game this season if you wanted to. And I know like this not game, those last two minutes, like the Melbourne game, they just keep replaying in my head of what could have been. You've absolutely nailed it with like any single little moment goes on. We change one thing. Can we win that game? And it's tough. That that Durden one, we just – it's one you highlight because I think it sums up what all the others were, which was just a little bit of lacking game sense for whatever reason Yeah, that is. It. Like did no one in this team realize that we didn't actually need to win the game? We just needed a draw. That's how it felt. Because I know that the massive thing that everyone's been saying, I thought the same thing was we kept, even though we had a couple of options short, like I know Harry at the last second got out and was leading up to the ball. Durden obviously Mm -hmm. just didn't lower his eyes. He'd already looked at where he was going to hit it. But why isn't every single player in this team going, okay, everyone sprint to that goal square, bloody top the thing, I don't give a shit, and punch Mm -hmm. it through. And then we get the point. I, I don't understand how we don't have – and leaders will probably get brought up as like the key thing, why no mm. one just had that that game IQ of either hold the ball or just get a point. Like whatever you need to do, it's just so frustrating, these little things that we just don't yep. seem to be smart enough to do. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what you make of it, Lucky.
0: Yeah, I felt – yeah, the game sense is the right word and just the, the composure and lack of it mm. that we have at these times. Yeah. Well, at halftime, that was kind of the word that came to mind. It was like we just have no composure in any aspect of this game yeah. right now. And I was almost writing us off with how that first half kind of played out. I was like, God, I just don't see any way that we turn this around from here. And it, and that's what it felt like at the end. It's like why is no one, no one is calm right now. Mm. Even when we had, even when we had like the solid lead. And that's not to say we need to be relaxed, but like. We, and it was the same. It was even. It was the same in the Melbourne game, like frantic. Yeah. Why? Like, why are we rushing?
1: Why? The, why it's... do you?
0: Why do you play on and and snap a shot on goal instead of just taking the thirty seconds? Mm-hmm. I understand that. That's how you. That's how you get your mojo. But thirty seconds is a long time in in mm-hmm. these games. Take every second.
1: And, and particularly because. Like, we're not the ones chasing the lead at some of these stages. So, like, Collingwood should be the ones that are frantic, stressing out because they're going, shit, we need to win this. We need to throw everything at them. We should be going, yeah, you do. So we're just going to sit back and relax. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't need to be the ones that are panicking because we're in front. it's For whatever reason, it just feels... It's because what we kicked, let me find the stat. Well, we, I'm pretty sure we kicked six behinds in that last quarter. Yeah, six right. behinds. Collingwood kicked five goals one. That is yes. incredibly efficient from them. They took their chances. We didn't. And that Charlie one was bad, particularly when and I haven't seen the replay back. Never going to watch the replay back. You me can either. you can burn the tapes at channel seven. I don't care what you do with that game. <laughs> it's it's disappearing from my memory. But yeah. I think it was the second quarter. He did the same thing where he he does the snap, and it doesn't even go the distance. And I noticed because yep. it was down my end. He and again, I don't have no, I have no issue with him doing the snap because it's worked all day. No, he's won a common neither. medal with it. Harry won a common medal with it last year. That's not the issue. The snap is not the problem. It's the lack of composure with it that is. And he it yep. could have gone for a set shot, and I think there would have been the same issue. Doesn't matter how he tries to kick it. There was something wrong mentally with him there because. He had the ball. This is the second quarter one. Yeah. Looks at it perfect. Looks at the goal. Then all of a sudden, he sort of like stopped, looked to the like behind him mm-hmm. and then grabs it and then just goes. And I was like, okay, why have you like looked behind you where there's like to the boundary? Yeah. And then not taken that extra couple of seconds and gone. He sort of did the same thing. And, immediately when he like missed that shot i've gone oh, i think he's just like nervous like i can see him being a bit rattled yeah that's the disappointment part because him and so many others on this team you think that they're built for these big moments like paddy cripps is probably the big positive in this of how yep. much he stepped up to the plate but yeah i guess charlie kerno is mm. one that'll get singled out because of his his poor goal kicking in this game and last week but it's something across the whole squad it's really this mentality issue that's been there all year. And that's kind of what this game was. It was everything that we've had this year. It was a slow start. It was lacking composure. It was one yeah. of the best quarters of footy you'll see than an absolute mm-hmm. capitulation. If you could sum up the season into a game of football, it's this one, which yeah. is so frustrating. You think they can be better than this. Um, yeah. And I guess, yeah, I genuinely don't know where to go because – you mentioned that first quarter, like they were panicked to start with, and we didn't kick a goal in the yeah. first quarter. Did you think that that was just again, this mentality issue of us failing to sort of handle the moment?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Its really uh, we we talked about this last week in a kind of bit more of a positive light. I, I still just don't understand how like the intensity and pressure level, that we apply changes so much week to week. Mm. Like I just, and we, we said it, like if we brought the energy that we did in that Melbourne game every week this season. oh, You win nine nine 99% of them. We'd be unbeatable. And it's like, we didn't come in with that energy in this game. So I was like, where just, where is it in this first quarter? And mm. it was a shame to have Walsh as a laid out, but it, it meant others could step up. But we just felt so out of sorts.
1: Mm. And, and that's what you kind of think it is like your first instance is when they're flat, when Collingwood particularly in their midfield, the pressure was hot they were killing us on the spread, I don't know my first thought was, mm. gee I think that Walsh injury is just hurting us a little too much, it's the second yeah. week in a row what well, we've had three of our five best midfielders out, just changed the order with Chera coming in for Walsh yep. but it was everything it was first quarter I hate to single him out again because he's had such a good season but Ball comes into the forward line. It's out the back. Charlie has it. All he has to do is grab the ball and kick a goal. Why? He panics why, and kicks why, why, it why? Out, of air, out of the air. It's a point and constant panic dump kicking from every single player, particularly the midfield. We'd get it and it was just on the foot forward, not looking, just I don't want it. I don't want to deal with this. And honestly, we were lucky mm-hmm. to still be in the game at quarter time. Collingwood missed so many chances. Oh, yeah. And then I thought second quarter, we kind of grinded things out a little bit more. And then it leads you to that third quarter where all of a sudden we were electric. Yeah. The, the pressure was unreal. It was unrelenting. And that's what stifled Collingwood. They didn't get half a second before someone was coming in with a not just a flimsy tackle, but it was a I'm bearing you into the ground kind of thing. And there was so yeah. much of that. And then, again, it drops off in the last. And you're just thinking, "What? why are we so unable to hold this for long periods of the game? Because it's another game... Yeah. This Collingwood one, where we really only played for one quarter of footy, and at the end of the day, you just can't expect to win games of football when you play for mm-hmm. one quarter. It's just not going to happen for you.
0: Yeah, I do not have the answers as to where that difference is, and I don't think anybody does. But I guess that's you can flip that around and call that a positive because the fact that we can that that mm. third quarter is our best footy is good. And then I think the fact that guys like Charlie, like, what's the biggest game that's char that Charlie's played in apart from these last two weeks? Mm. And it not, if not, that's not to, that's not an excuse for him. But it's like, it surely he can only get better in handling those situations.
1: Look, you hope so. I think that because it's happened two weeks in a row, that's what worries me. And because it's happened all year. It doesn't feel like we've learned from struggling under pressure, and that's why i that's why I'm still I'm still so negative on this, and mm. the, the positive part in me wants to think that yes, they're going to use this, they're going to use the hurt that they've been in this situation. Like you mentioned, ninety nine percent of this group haven't played finals, they haven't been in these high high pressure situations, yeah. but they all have still made the same mistakes in what I'd probably perceive as like five or six out of 10 pressure this season than what they did in this 10 out of 10 pressure. You got the dockety on the full. Sure. How many times does he do that when the the heat's on? I, I think back oh, to the, the Fremantle game that we luckily win with Jack Nunes, but last roll of the dice, he kicks on the full and he keeps I, so many of our players do this. They, they mm-hmm. make the same mistakes under pressure and it doesn't feel like we're learning from it. And yeah, the positive thinks, okay, they have to because they're in this situation now they can have six months to reflect on it the coaches will be on it and we'll learn but there's no guarantees that just because you're in that situation that you will get better from it like and that's what's worrying me i thought that this Mm. would finally be the time we make finals didn't happen there's now no guarantee next year that you make finals there's no No, guarantees in anything and yeah, this this game still hurts me and I'm I'm still incredibly negative on it which just absolutely sucks. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, no no no. I'm I mean, yeah, of course I'm the same. I'm the same. Go whenever we talk about it though, it's so hard for me not to try and pick yeah. out the positives. It's so hard. It's just my default. But yeah. Well, I mean, I've... the next thing just to say because I think it always it needs to be said. We would look so different with our proper midfield in this game. End well, of, look end of, end of end of sentence I know and I know guy I know Cheris stepped up and played one of his best games for us. Setterfield it's like, wow, okay, that maybe there's something there with Setterfield. but it's not you can't deny that we would have won with those three guys.
1: Yeah well it's it's a tough one. like obviously you're going to be you'd think you'd be better with three of your best five midfielders out there but and this is why I think I'm just so negative on it is without them we managed to get in a winnable position mm-hmm. and that's why, and I don't, I don't think you're trying to use it as an excuse or anything like that. So I just want mm-hmm. me to sort of clarify that, but yep. like, it's just not because we got in that position to win with the team we had and we should have won. There's no excuse totally. for losing in that position. Obviously you get those guys in there. You get Hilt, who's been one of our bigger leaders this year. I believe those high pressure moments we've seen to go to him and with ball in hand, but We still, and that's it's the the polar things of this game. Where how did we get into this position without Walsh, without Hewitt, without Kennedy? We Mm. were were four goals up against Collingwood. That is an unbelievable thing to do. Yeah, but we somehow still lost it. Uh, It's it's unfathomable. And I think that if you want to look at a positive, I've like I've been trying to analyze this in my head since the game happened, and like in particularly probably the last two games. Um, And then, I guess, missing finals, what does that mean for us going forward? I don't know if I have much of a massive conclusion, but I guess I've come to something where, look, if you want the positive, I think the positive in it, I guess, of not making finals is that, which I'm not saying is a good thing. Please just go with me on this, please. We Uh, wish we were playing finals. (laughs) Exactly. But if if you're going to try and find some silver lining out of not making finals, it's that the last two weeks have basically been finals. They're not, but they're close. They're as close as you can get to it without being in there. Particularly, you know, absolutely do or die against two top eight teams, two big contenders, particularly this game against Collingwood, was an elimination final. You had almost 90,000 at the G. The pressure was hot. It was pretty much a final. So I think if you're looking for that positive, the coaches everyone at this club should hopefully have enough data and the players would have an experience or close as close to it as you possibly could of what a final is I think that that's your positive like I don't think the difference between that and us playing Brisbane next week in a final would have been that much different as far as pressure and all mm-hmm. the data that you need to get out of it so if you want the you want the positive there it is the issue is and this is the far bigger issue on to this point
0: mm-hmm
1: Is that we failed under this? We failed in both of these finals. Mm. When, you know, the bigger games were there to be won, we crumbled. And on on top of that, like now it's the weight of not making finals. Because how much does that weigh up on this group? They've bottled the season. Yeah. Not only from the position they were in a month ago, but then two times in games, they've bottled it. Like That's what worries me because there's that positive data of, yes, okay, this guy can handle the pressure or this is what we need to get from finals. Mm -hmm. But we've struggled under pressure, as we've mentioned this whole podcast, and it's whether they can learn from that or not. And that's going to be the biggest thing because next year is going to be harder. We're going to have a harder draw. There's going to be more pressure, higher expectation. Definitely. And fans aren't going to be satisfied. Like If we beat Richmond round one, that means nothing anymore Mm -hmm. it was you almost got that free pass this year of we've got Vossi in new coach give it a bit of time hopefully we make finals but we could go on a the same run we could be eight and two or whatever it was this year and all fans will go well I've seen us bottle it from this position yeah and so I guess we're really just not going to be satisfied until we see us make finals and I think I said to you potentially before we started this podcast like Mm. I don't I don't want round one. I don't care for the off season as much as I, I would have been in previous years to go have that mentality of let's improve, let's get us going. I'm not excited for round one. I'm excited for round 23 at the end of the season where we're making finals next year. Like that's it's 12 months away. That's what I think hurts us all the most is we've got six months mm-hmm. until round one and even then that's not what we want anymore. It's just... It's incredibly just heartbreaking. I think is how it how it is.
0: Oh, I, I agree with all your points, and I, I have nothing to add. It's um, yeah, I I feel quite similar. It's funny. Mm. It's funny. I, I felt more optimistic. I don't know. Oh yeah, it, it's a different kind of optimism. But I remember at the end of last season, we were like, yeah, you know, we're yeah, we're excited about all the little things that can happen here and the and the possibilities. And I'm still looking forward to it. obviously round one and yeah. we can we can I know you're not saying that you're not gonna watch it, but you're right. It just the the bar is set higher now and mm. that, that's gonna change the way that we we receive all of this. And I tell you what, if we lose round one, the
1: uh, the walls are gonna be on fire. So we can look forward to that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah you, you kind of nail it like, yeah, we're in a much better position than we are from last year. We want to be in these, these these kinds of positions where it's the do or die, let's try and make finals, the hunt for finals. That's what we want to be in. We want to be in these big games mm. compared to what we were last year. But I agree that optimism of can we turn it around, look at all this excitement, there was a lot more last year than there is now. And that's just what happens when you lose these close games. And last year was a failure of a year for so many different reasons, on-field, yep. off-field. And you get that fresh start. And that's where that sort of honeymoon period comes from. And I guess we'll go into more of the failures or successes and whatnot on our review. But you know, you fail yeah. again yep. in this season by in not making finals. And like that just hurts you. And it's going to be bigger for next year. Uh, probably a bit of a segue into the next bit is yep. talking about the pressure, talking about trying to fix what has gone wrong. The big chat is going to be on leaders or, or lack thereof on field. Um, it's going to be a big talking point in the off season, pretty much out of this game. Like who got a couple of questions. Who currently in this squad do you think that we actually can turn to in these moments? Like two minutes to go scores are tight. Do we have anyone, whether they played in this game or not, that you'd actually really trust with the ball in hand that you'd think would be able <laughs> to galvanize the players, calm everyone down, and just sort things out? Do you think that we have those kind of players?
0: That is a really good question. And you rattle through the names in your head and, and you, you think of the, the times where they've not mm. allowed you to trust them. Yeah. Maybe Wiedering's one that comes to mind. Yeah. And but even uh, then, you know,
1: like he hasn't had yeah. a great end to the season. And yeah, I don't know. I think probably my one's been Hewitt is someone I don't mm. think is really I've ever seen him make a big mistake. Yep. Maybe sad, but I guess even then he mm. was one of the key reasons last week in those if you're looking at he was key moments of where games turn and stages, that panic kick forward. So is is it him? It's the evidence from last week proves it's not. That's an issue that both of us can't really yeah. categorically name five or six blokes that we would back to the to the top of saying yes. Give me the give the ball in Cripper's hands, mm, even though he had such no. a good game this week. You still can't trust him because you've seen him make these mistakes, and yeah, that's well, the frustrating part. So yeah, do you think that obviously maybe this is a bit of more of a question for maybe next week, but. Mm. is that probably one of your biggest things that you're looking for us to try to get into this team? Just the on-field leadership, because I'm not sure if you saw, um, I think it was first crack, what David King sort of showed some footage of the back line leading up to the Elliott goal and just maybe the lack of organization out the back and how he got caught out. Um, And I think that those are little things that you see now and then, just that struggle structurally, that voice. Because you've got Cripper that, one of the best games of his life, led from the front with the ball. But do we need to start looking for those those voices on the field? Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not sure. I'm not sure that that's something. I, I know there's 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 trade and free agency whispers about those types of guys that could be coming our way. It doesn't excite me as much. I, I think I I have faith that a guy like Crippa, Walshy, like. I think that they can become those voices with time. I, I think I, I, I just I keep coming. I know maybe that's too optimistic, but this was the biggest game that Cripp has ever played mm. in. And I know that he's proven at times that he can't be that trustworthy guy in those situations and always stand up, even though he often does. I, I I am going to keep the faith and say that with the with the group that we have those those leaders can still emerge even further than they have um because I'm just not I'm just not convinced on 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 who on where that would
1: come from mm, I'm just and I'd love to look into this more try to look at I guess all those premiership teams over the last 10 or so years and see if like, who their leaders kind of learned from. And did they have that premiership experience? Did they have that elite leadership? Because mm-hmm. the issue with this squad is there isn't anyone that's really been close to doing it. You've obviously got Vossi there as coach, but on field, when you need that calm head, has anyone learned off anyone? Like, they've learned off Cade Simpson, they've learned off Mark Murphy. Like, no, no disrespect to those guys, champion footballers. But them not going to that other sort of echelon of player, can you truly learn yourself just through experience and time? Or do you need someone? And then I don't have mm-hmm. an answer to that. I'm not sure if it's just yeah. time. No, it's a, fa- and it's exposure a fair question. to question. And then learning from that exposure to when you've made the wrong decision and then applying it the next time or whether you do need Someone that's been there. I know, like Luke Bruce is the one that gets thrown around a lot from Carlton supporters. As someone makes sense in that forward line, in particular, but yeah, I'm I'm just not sure what the correct answer is. But I we so need do, we need something. I tell you,
0: do you do you see that more as Luke Bruce in our like him being that person or just him being on our list would educate and and give that faith to others. Like you're saying you you want him to be the guy in the team who's that calm head, or he's going to bring others up.
1: Well, I think you, you, firstly, you need someone that is playing week to week or at least for most of the part comes in best 22 because you need that on field thing to learn from. I, I don't know if Luke Bruce is that guy. I don't know if he's that leader on field that can actually talk to talk to people. It's just, you go aging guy, he might be out of contract. I don't know, but I don't know why yeah, everyone know. is thinking he may be available. I haven't looked into <laughs> yeah. it too much, to be honest. Ever since Where this game, it? I've sort of shut off everything on football. Me too. But whoever it is, we, need to, we just need to sound out these big leaders and try to find someone that is that talkative style of leadership because I think we have enough of these Walshies and Crips that will go out there and do it with the ball. I think we just need the voice out on the out on the field because I think that's lost us a couple of games so far. But who knows if they can develop that?
0: Mm. Yeah. No. For sure. It's a it's a fair question.
1: Fair question. Um, look, we've talked about a lot of negatives, which obviously there the whole game was basically negative. Um, can you find any little positives at all from this game? Whether it was individual mm. performances. Is there anything for you?
0: Oh, I mean, yeah. Like I said earlier, I think a big positive is the third quarter and you can't just play one quarter footy, but we like our level, our best footy is so fucking good that if we can find that way to to do more of that, then I think Mm. that's a big positive. So we could talk about that. Um. I mean, yeah, the individual players is an interesting one as well. It was it was Williams' first game back, and I, I mm. liked some of the stuff that he did. Um, Marchi, obviously, has now gotten through a patch of games. Health, healthy, but touch wood, I think. Um, I've liked what has done since he's come back. Um, Jack Martin as well. A couple of weeks mm. ago, we were kind of yeah. like, this is it for him. I don't see him getting in the team, and he showed some. So maybe you could talk about those kind of guys where there was some question marks and a bit more faith now. Mm.
1: No, I – I, well, the third quarter was obviously the big shining point of just how we were able to turn it around from me sitting there at halftime in silence thinking the game was done, thinking they just haven't done it. Yeah. And then the like, that's some of the most joy I've had at the football. And oh, yeah. I tell you, it feels good to be in a 90,000 MCG crowd just – there was there were a few goals where I was jumping out of my seat and celebrating, but I tell you there were some goals where I just had to sit down. I made no noise. I just had to take it in because I just I wanted to have that moment forever of just yeah. me seeing this crowd going absolutely nuts. Unfortunately, insane. it's not for anything, which is the disappointing part. Um, but I was impressed by a few individuals and their ability. To really step up in these final moments, and that's probably where that data I was talking about is going to come from. In finding, okay, we've now had these really big time games. Yep. Who is actually stepping up? And it, a few surprised me. Oh, Gov had an unreal game again, like that mm-hmm. chase down tackle. I think it was the start of the last quarter. Yeah, was it awesome. That's that's the Gov we love. And then you you have Zach Williams coming back after. However many weeks out from injury, played one of the best games he's played. Gee, loves playing Collingwood in big-time games, doesn't he? Yeah, he was beautiful he. out there. Chera coming back in, who hasn't been amazing this season. He's been okay in a few games, but with that depleted midfield going in, I think every single person was like, next man up. We need Chera to step up here. And he did. That was probably by far his best game for Carlton. Yeah, it I was- agree if not his best game in his career, to be honest. He was just, he was everywhere. He used the ball well. He was hard. He was winning the football. Interesting one with Chera. Do you think we need him? Like, and this is just trying to look for next year because obviously we've got Doc in there who I thought apart from a few moments was good again into this midfield. Mm. Chera's been one that maybe has taken a bit of a backseat to a Hewitt, to a, a Kennedy in there as those kind of hunting midfielders. Do you think that we need to use Chera and Doherty more in that instance, seeing how well <laughs> I guess they've done in these kind of games?
0: Oh, it's a great question. Great question. It's, I mean, that's, a, that's already a, a positive you can take away as well. Just that these injuries have kind of taught us a few different things. It taught us this about Doc and showed this with Chez. I don't know what that would look like. I don't know whether whether Hewitt is the kind of guy that we'd be playing in other roles and like crips as well mm. like i mean if if, if doc is going to be getting cba time then that means that someone's not in there mm. um yeah i don't know i mean i i th- i'm excited that we'll be able to experiment with these things yeah. if that's a fence sitting answer enough mm. for you
1: no i mean it's got to be interesting to see if <sighs> i feel like i always say it, and i always say it to him but He's been good this season. I'm not saying get rid of him or anything like that. But if a a player, because I I guess how I would rate the midfield is it would be Cripps, Walsh, Hewitt, everyone else. And it would be interesting to see because Chera can kind of do a little bit more whether how him and Doc have gone, whether that pushes Kennedy down the pecking order a little bit or or Mm. something like that because these guys can do a little bit more. It's going to be interesting to see the midfield mix and particularly because maybe some players – Vossi's seen that they don't handle these big moments that come round one, there might be a few players that have played almost every game for us in this season that are no longer the favourites. They're they're not sort of relied upon because he goes, no, you're out of this. Uh, Those are -hmm. the things that are going to interest me going forward. Um,
0: No doubt. doubt.
1: Look, there was was an exciting young forward that hasn't had a lot of experience, but Gee, when the moment was there, he took it, and that was young Jesse Motlop. I mean, that those good. two goals, absolutely electric. That's got to be some sort of positive going to next season. Mm-hmm. On, on the negative side of it, our other two smalls didn't have very good games. Durden probably had his worst game for us, even though that we, we nice. really believe there's a lot of talent there. I had to, side story on this one, when I was rushing to get out of the MCG, and I get it, we're all disgruntled, we're all unhappy with things but there was like a, a couple people in front of me walking down the stairs and one of the people were just abusing and, and talking to their whoever they were with about Durden and, mm. and I get it you're, you're annoyed that he made that mistake that's fine but they were going off so they're like he's useless that's it get rid of him he can never play for us again I, and I just had to say something I was like for fuck's sake He's, mm. what, 19 years old. He's a fucking kid. Like, yeah, the way some people were, like, crucifying some of these guys. Like, yeah, we're not happy with it. It's not good enough. What they did was not good enough. But you can't, like, I don't know, just absolutely yeah. nothing. Not i from with you. <laughs> that just really pissed me off after that game. I know we're all hurting, and that's probably where it came from. But, yeah, that was disappointing from them. But at least, you know, someone did step up in, in Jesse Motlop. I guess. What did you make of, of his, his game this week?
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, I agree. He was obviously the standout out of those three. Um, definitely not to pile on with Durds, but we were like, Is he is he in like is he injured? I haven't yeah. I genuinely haven't seen him for twenty minute stretches in this mm. game. So yeah, but he's not the only he's not the only one.
1: But yeah, yes. no, we
0: love Jesse. He the energy that he had um in that third quarter particularly mm. was great. But there there isn't really anyone that I'm like, Oh yeah, all four quarters kind of yeah. gave us what you would expect. Um, mm. I'm seeing if there's any other guys that that stand out as being those real positives. I mean, yeah, just touching on Marchi again. I mean, mm. I'm again optimistic that you know we, we Kerno had a couple games back, get that preseason in, yeah, and then bang.
1: Mm. And
0: you know, I'm not sure. Like you, you made that point earlier about some of these guys that um, you know having staples this season whether we get to round one next year and there's question marks. Mm. I think one for me is the March Marchbank, McGovern, Young combination. Yeah. Is tick. all four of them our best, but is all four of them our best mix for sure? I'm I'm I, not sure.
1: Yeah, I don't know for certain, but I think the last two weeks that they've played, I thought the back lines held up, particularly those guys. Totally. It'll be interesting to see what happens You know, Saad Williams there. When Newman comes back, a guy like Mm -hmm. a a Boyd, whether he's seen in there as well, whether Doc moves back into the back line. We've got a lot of guys. Yeah, Stocker, I thought, was absolutely fine this week and was fine last week as well. So there's a lot of options, but the way Gov played, the way Lewis Young played, and then again, Marchbank. (laughs) I know. I can't drop any of those, and I particularly liked... Govern Marchbank's ability to go a bit smaller and still have yeah. a really good impact on the game. Two weeks in a row, I think they've done really well on their direct opponents for long stretches of games. And yeah, Weederings the frustrating one. He just, since he's come back from that injury, has not been the weedering at all. Would not surprise me if now the season's done, he's in for surgery for something and that's been it. But hopefully he's one that can get back to... His best because you need, you need him out there playing at his, at his peak. The amount of games that I feel like he won, like that Hawthorne game, you just go back and think about that mark he took and that was the settler for us and different moments. We exactly. probably needed that on the weekend. Um, on talking about some of those players that stood up, do you find it interesting that the majority of the players who stood up in this game were all our big recruits and not really guys that we've developed because, you know, Williams, McGovern, Chera, Saad, Young, all come from other clubs hmm. where really there wasn't a lot, I guess you could say, that have been through that Carlton development.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it until now. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the other kind of thing, as I think about this off season, where it's like, is that, do we want to do another, like bring more players in? that aren't homegrown if that's mm. the right word like i i, I want to be able to shift that narrative away from us just bringing the guys in and that's why i i want to have mm. faith that we can build that leadership from within but yeah i mean you're not wrong apart from obviously crips being mm.
1: best on ground and doc being up there I mm. uh, unfortunately if i'm reading into it it's that's part of the reason we probably lost this game. That's probably, probably the reason there's a mentality issue in this squad because apart from Crips, maybe a young Motlop who hasn't spent too much time there. I feel like all the players that struggled and had those moments have been really Carlton the whole time. They've been through this rebuild of being told losing doesn't, doesn't winning doesn't matter from Bolton. They've then had Teague. Like they haven't had the on-field leaders. They've lost a lot of games. They haven't learned to win. And it's probably a bit of a blight on where we are. And we know that that's where the pains come from. And it might be one of the reasons why a lot of these players struggled in these big moments, because this is what has been ingrained in them. And we maybe haven't changed that mentality because when that pressure's come, we're fumbly We'd go away from everything that's worked well for us. Like that last quarter, every single, like 90% of those things that when the ball went into the forward 50, it wasn't looking for good targets. It was just bomb it in and then get the ball and bomb it for the goals. It was not, mm-hmm. there was no composure from these guys. Charlie, again, as we've mentioned, takes that mark. No composure, little things. And these are all guys that have been there through these Carlton journeys. And it was strange that all the ones that seemed to really step up, or at least the majority of them, all came from other clubs. And that's just the the growth area that we need to get right. This mentality has to shift. Not making finals wasn't good enough. Making these mistakes under pressure wasn't good enough. And we've got to, whatever whatever we're doing in this off-season, I've heard great shouts of just, Get every single psychologist, sports psychologist that you can find (laughs) in the world, get them in there and fix these guys. Like, it sounds stupid, but like Vossi and the team need to go around and find out what the best elite sports clubs in the world do to teach pressure. Because I think we've kind of mentioned this in like, we're obviously training against ourselves, which is like the dumbest thing to say, but. How do you like replicate pressure at training? How do you put yourself into these moments and and get better and unteach these bad habits? How do you improve if you're only training against you and playing against you in preseason? So Mm. we've got to go out there and find out how those elite clubs in any sport (laughs) do it and fucking do it because I don't want to sit here next year and see the same mistakes from the same players week in, week out when the pressure's there. I don't want to be five goals up and be shitting myself knowing that we're going to bottle it again. Uh, we've had seven years of rebuild bullshit. We a couple of years of finals before that, more rebuild bullshit. I don't want it again. I don't want it again.
0: Mate, you're giving me Essendon president vibes with that. <laughs> just need some data. And what's, what is Geelong doing? Don't you what is, dare. What does Collingwood do? I feel like you're suggesting that we need a camp.
1: <laughs> just start playing that Collingwood and Melbourne theme song to them every single day. Get the blacked mm. out bus. Um, no, it's, <laughs> but like, surely you, do, you, surely you kind of agree with me in the fact that no, I do. we need to be going to the best people everywhere and only accepting the best and finding out how they do it. Cause isn't that, that what this review was for in the first place was we think that we're doing a whatever job we're doing, but we don't know how everyone else is doing it. So I thought we should have got all this data and we should have been changing oh, it. And but but losing yeah. to missing out on finals by a hair is very
0: different to no player is enjoying the culture of the club, which is where we were a year ago. So so much has changed. And we're not we're not obviously perfect,
1: but obviously
0: but the review the review I think did its purpose which was to completely reset where we are and the people at the top
1: it did but there's still probably some question marks particularly over I guess strength and conditioning with Vossi was uh alluding yeah. to Brian Cook mentioned some stuff so that's going to be an interesting story yeah, to play out in the of offseason as well but that's a good point they need to figure out this mental fragility of this team whatever it is and because we can't go into another season doing the same things and like you say whether that's just heavily reviewing what you're doing and knowing, like, why did you make this mistake here? Like, you've got the ball here. Yeah. Why did you kick yeah. it here? What's going on? And then trying to replicate this. And next time you do it, no, you're not passing it there and drill it into them and finding out how to get the pressure around these players in in these game-like scenarios and make sure they're not making those mistakes. Like, that is how we're going yeah. to get better because I guess the positive, like, you, like you've said in this podcast, is that third quarter's there. We came from not good footy to the best football you'll ever see and put ourselves in a winnable position. And we mm-hmm. seem to be able to do that like flicking a switch no matter yeah. how we're playing. So it's there. We just need to learn this other part. And yeah, it's going to be it's gonna be a long off-season. Is there other things that mm. you want to chat about, I guess, about this game before we maybe move on a little bit? I reckon we wrap it. I agree. So let's jump into the votes because we've got our uh, Navy Blue Corner MVP medal to give out with these votes. Now, it was very tight last week. I'm pretty sure Cripper was a couple of votes behind a Walsh and Adam Saad. Obviously, Walsh doesn't play. You're assuming here that Cripper gets some votes. But does Sardi hold on? I need to hear your votes and then we'll find out who wins the MVP medal.
0: The most prestigious medal out there. Um, I've gone one vote to Big Lewis, uh, who I thought was back to that form that we yes. we saw from the start of the year. Two to Big Chez and then three to Patrick Brownlow Cripps.
1: Ooh, okay. Well, this could be incredibly close. And, and I know it's a big prestigious medal because, look, uh, the players were clearly out there. They weren't playing for finals. They were playing to try and get votes Mm -hmm. in this. And a couple of guys Mm -hmm. got them. I gave my one to Caleb Marchbank. It was either Mm. between him or Young. It probably should go to Young. But all I can remember really from that game, from everything I have repressed, was just that tackle from Marchy. (laughs) And so that gets a vote. Two to Chera for standing up in that midfield. And three to Paddy Cripps. And I guess with three votes going to P, Cripps, he is, of course, the winner of the Navy Blue Corner MVP medal for 2022. Oh, As congrats, it stands Kripper. in third place, actually, it's tied second place between Sard and Walsh. They both it's ended made. up on 41. However, we've decided to give second, maybe controversially, to Sard because if we went through our votes and he actually had one more three vote. So mm-hmm. Sadi will sit above Walshie there and Cripper with 45 votes. Four clear wins the MVP medal, which we'll, we'll make sure to send to him. Uh, we'll do yep. the ceremony; it's going to be a big one. We we'll look forward to that. Uh, Lockie, hit me with some fan questions for this one.
0: I'm thinking we do the old rapid fire if you're feeling yes. that. I'm happy to do that. A lot of these are kind of stuff that we've we've touched on, um, but let me pick some out. So, firstly, on. Our uh, Navy Blue Corner medal winner. Do you reckon Cripps... Well, the question is from Blues Corp. Does Cripps win the brown low with three votes in the final round? Firstly, you reckon he got three votes? Two, do you reckon he'll win the brown low?
1: I think he got three votes. I don't think he gets the brown low, unfortunately. Would love him to. I think he might just miss out. Yep, I'm with you. Uh,
0: Matt Floyd, not Carlton related, but who's your tip to win the cup now?
1: Oh. Melbourne. Oh, no, I, I, don't want to th- I don't want to It's, it's them or it's, it's Geelong. I don't know. I'd like Melbourne more, even though I don't like either.
0: <laughs> yep, Melbourne for me too. Tim Gigantor, not footy related. Or maybe it could be. Any good podcast suggestions? I spend so much Ooh. time listening to great Carlton podcasts that I honestly don't know what else I listen
1: to. So give us a rec. Oh geez, this is this is a big question because I'll be honest. This whole season, I've really only been listening to Carlton content. So mm. look, I'll, I'll try and find some good ones. If you're into true crime, Case File is a great podcast. Big shout out to those mm-hmm. guys. Absolutely kill it. Um, look, if you, depending on your niche, uh, if you like the, the TV show, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the boys there do a podcast where they go through every single episode. They talk about it for two seconds and then just chat shit for the rest of it, and it is great content. <laughs> uh, but I know you're a bit more of that podcast aficionado more than I am. So, what do you got for us, Locky? Oh,
0: uh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, I mean, I am a big no dunks guy. If anyone is an NBA fan, but if you're an NBA fan, you likely listen to like podcasts. Um, and I'll shout out review review as a comedy podcast uh, if you need some laughs after this win.
1: That's what we like. After this, and after I, this I'm, win, I'm. I'm oh my win, lord! No, you've That's lost a positive the plot. I'm being.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely have lost the plot. I, I yeah, no comment. <laughs> Next question, Lockie. I think you just need to move on quickly. Oh, David Madden. Um, given the All Australian nominations, which we could touch on, is this Ooh, the yes. best Carlton team to not play finals? With obviously our. Limited 26-year
1: sample size. What, what do you make of that? Of my lifetime, probably. <laughs> it hasn't been long, which probably shows it. Uh, yeah. I'm sure there was a team throughout the, in the 70s to late 90s that they we may have missed out on a year, and I'm pretty sure any of those teams would probably beat it. Because, uh, yeah. what, there was that team in... I think it was 77 that did a similar thing to us where they oh yeah, of course. We're in like the, the finals pitcher every single game except for the last game. And then we ended up going on to win three premierships pretty much with that group. So
0: yeah.
1: Fingers crossed that happens to us. And I know Vossi spoke about it saying that you gotta use this and you gotta motivate from this, let that fire burn. You could see how much it hurt those players. And so I hope it builds them. I hope it really galvanizes this group even more and mm. they go on to such good things. But I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. Great answer. Love it.
0: And I think this might be a good final question, which will kind of segue us into our uh, kind of season review and, every, and looking forward, which will, which will come as the next podcast installment. But from Bronson Marziano, who will be our next rising star? And I want to interpret that as, you know, who are you looking at already as like the next kind of guy on this list that is young and and can take that like next step?
1: Mm. First one, because of recency bias, is Jesse Motlop, seeing what he was able to do in that big moment, kick those goals. I think we need something with our small forwards, which we're definitely going to touch on in season reviews and list management episodes to come. He's probably the first one that sticks out because I don't know. Like, is that there, there's still probably room for like a Zach Fisher to keep going? He's obviously had a yep. bit of a breakout year. I'd hope he can keep going further. Um, March Bank as well, if you can classify him as that rising star. Like big early prediction if he gets a full season next year, he's a good shout for all Australian, to be mm-hmm. honest. Um, anything, anyone that comes to mind for you, Lockie?
0: Well, yeah, not in the rising star as being young, but how you feel about Marchbank is I am so bullish on Gov mm, true. to get a proper yeah. to get a proper run at this role. Hopefully, gosh, touch all the wood in your house if you if to the listeners right now. But just what we saw in those fir- the preseason, those first two games, and what we've seen mm. since you came back. Oh, just stay healthy and get some yes. continuity in, and I think you can be an elite, elite
1: defender. Mm. No, I, I agree with that one. Uh, let us know if you're listening to this. Who is the who's the next rising star from this club? It's a great question. Who is going to take that next step and be a superstar in years to come? Love you to hear that from you guys. But is that all the fan questions you have for me, Lockie?
0: <sighs> I reckon that'll do us.
1: Yeah, look, that it's been a tough one. From what has been probably one of the best seasons I've seen potentially ever. Um, in my yep. short period of time, because of the the massive highs we've had, it's unfortunately ended prematurely. And I think with that, it's funny, like with the offseason, normally, regardless of how we've been, which is normally pretty average, you'd finish the season, you'd kind of be excited mm-hmm. for bringing in the next guys. Yeah, can't wait for the draft, can't wait for trade period. I'm just not that excited. So hopefully I I do get excited because (laughs) this isn't where it ends for us. It may be where it ends for the players at the moment, but look, as I mentioned, we've got season review that'll come out in a couple of weeks. Uh, We've got plenty after that. We'll be doing list analysis. We'll be covering the trade and free agency period to see who comes in there. And then one thing I was super excited about, but I thought I was going to not have to worry about this for another few weeks Oh, no. is the the, uh, the draft, because this has actually been one of the years I've spent the most time covering this. I've been to games. Yep. Uh, I've watched so many games throughout the week from all around Australia of this draft crop. And look, I'm not some ridiculous expert, but I'm finally really mm. informed. And I should hopefully know and seen every single player that gets drafted. So I'm really excited to do a bit of coverage in the draft because... Mm. there's there's a lot of potential players that carlton may pick up and i'm really keen to get stuck into it and see who we may be looking for um so definitely keep your eyes peeled and ears peeled uh for this podcast because it doesn't just stop here follow us on socials at navy blue corner to stay up to date if you're on your streaming service go and subscribe so you don't miss out on any episodes you have to search for it and if you're on youtube drop us the like subscribe as well and do you have anything, I guess, that you wanted to to finish off with saying at all, Lockie?
0: Oh, I feel like anything that I do might just ignite a fire, and because now I'm starting to feel, you know, a little bit more optimistic as we've as we've done our classic weekly hour mm. of therapy. <laughs> so uh, I'll, all I'll say is that third quarter was amazing, and it just mm. feels good to be able to go to the footy again, and expect some kind of positivity you know without Mm. you know not going to games being like we're probably going to lose this maybe they'll surprise us it's been really nice this year going in pretty much every week being like i reckon we'll do it this week Mm. and if we do or not it it definitely makes being a footy supporter a lot more enjoyable
1: definitely it's been better and hopefully it will continue to look baggers we're all hurting but probably the biggest thing this week that i've loved is Everyone seems to have really united and gotten around each yeah. other. I've seen so many people checking in on everyone, asking how they are. And that's the best best part about doing this is getting to know so many great Carlton supporters out there. So, look, mm-hmm. stay safe, baggers. We're a big family. We're as united as ever. We will go again. See you guys next time.